Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm part of the leadership team here today. And God will of a talk that Andy gave to me. God will provide a lamb. God will provide a lamb. And didn't we just sing the start of the service, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. And my talk today is going to lead us into communion, and we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. And most of my thinking and preparation for today's talk has come from Andy Patton and the Bible Project, and I heartily recommend that online resource to you if you want to learn more about the Bible. So we're going to meet Abraham today. Abraham, the patriarch, the, the, the person who developed the whole of the nations of Israel. He was a faithful man, trusted God. And in fact, if you were here two, maybe three weeks ago, Andy spoke three. Thank you. Andy spoke um, about Abraham and how he pleaded for the life of his nephew Lot um, as God was to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In this talk, God will provide a lamb. We're probably looking at one of the most significant events in the life of Abraham. And not only that, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. You'll see more about that as we go through the passage. So let's turn to our Bibles, right at the beginning of our Bibles, Genesis chapter 22. I'm reading from the NIV, and in my Bible, the title for this chapter is Abraham Tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham... Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants, and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I, go and the boy, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship And then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb 
for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do nothing to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring... All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Mm. We may be troubled by this story. What kind of God is this? The God who asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And we can take comfort in the outcome. Of course, God spared Isaac. And maybe we can take comfort in the lesson of the deep, unswerving trust that Abraham has in the Lord. And just to give a quick background, Isaac is Abraham and his wife Sarah's firstborn son. Both were very elderly when God promised to Abraham that Sarah would conceive. And Sarah found that so unlikely in her old age that she laughed. And the son was named Isaac. He laughs. And that promise to Abraham and to Sarah is found in Genesis chapter 15. Look up at the heavens, as verse 5. Look up at the heavens and count the stars. So shall your offspring be. So God has promised to Abraham 
that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars. And yet, he's asking Abraham to sacrifice his long-awaited son. How can God's plan be enacted if the son is to be sacrificed and the son Isaac was such a, a miraculous birth to Sarah? Well, I think I have three points to, uh, to cover, really. The first one, and we should take comfort in this, is God has revealed himself to Abraham throughout Abraham's life. Time and time again in the book of Genesis, we learn that God spoke to Abraham. The angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham. So God knows and he trusts God. And in going forward to Moriah and being prepared to sacrifice his son Isaac, Abraham is really following his experience of God and knowing that God is trustworthy. And I think we can read the text that I've just read and we can see that Abraham didn't expect his son to die. Uh, If we look at, uh, I think it's verse 5, he says to his servants, we're going to go, you stay with the donkey, I and the boy will worship and return. So Abraham, he's been told to sacrifice his son, but he tells his servants that they're both going to return. And of course, that famous, well-known verse, the boy Isaac says, where's the lamb? And Abraham, in his deep, unswerving trust of God, says, God himself will provide the lamb. I think it's probably made clearest for us if we turn to the New Testament and we read the book of Hebrews where the author is explaining the mystery of the gospel to people with this deep knowledge of the Old Testament. So let me turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and... I'm going to read verse 17 onwards. And this is the author to the Hebrews explaining about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises of having a son and descendants as numerous as the stars was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So Abraham is trusting in the promises of God and is convinced that whatever he's about to do, God will restore Isaac. So that was my second point. And my third point is the most important and most lengthy and most difficult one maybe to grasp. 
This passage that we've read is a prophetic reenactment. Okay, it's a prophetic reenactment. Now we're comfortable with the prophets. We know, you know, Isaiah speaks and um, you know calls for repentance for the Jewish nation and they're returning to God. And we know Jeremiah speaks as a prophet. And just one year ago, we had a study of the lesser prophets. Uh, in February last year, I spoke of Haggai. So we're comfortable that people speak and bring prophecies. Well, in this passage, God asks Abraham to act out a prophecy. So we could say, why would God require Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice? But I don't think that's the question we want to ask ourselves. We should ask ourselves, is What does God want us to learn from this passage? God asked Abraham to play the part of God in a reactment of God's sacrifice as his son. And when we see it in that way, a kind of a prophecy, we suddenly see all of the, uh, probably got 12, 14 um, parallels here, of the story of uh, Jesus going to the cross. Let's go through one or two. I'm going to talk about Abraham and Isaac, and you can think of God and Jesus. Isaac is the long-awaited firstborn son to be sacrificed. Jesus. God foretells the birth of the son, God speaks to Abraham and Isaac. God, through the angel, speaks to Mary. Both born in miraculous circumstances. Isaac, born to a a barren woman, a very uh, old lady who has not been able to conceive. Jesus, born to a virgin. Both of them, Isaac, Jesus, ride a donkey to the place where they're going to die. In some accounts, um, you can read the book of Chronicles, describes this mountain, Mount Moriah, where uh, Isaac was to be sacrificed, as the place where Solomon built his temple. Certainly Mount Moriah, we don't know exactly where it was, but it's in the vicinity of Jerusalem. So we have Isaac going to a mountain near Jerusalem, Jesus going up the hill of Golgotha for his sacrifice. A father leads his son obediently up a mountain to his death. Most importantly, God provides a sacrificial substitute. A sacrificial substitute. In the case of Isaac, the ram or the male lamb is the substitute. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is the substitute. Um, We won't turn to it, but John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world as he sees Jesus for the first time. So, of course, Jesus here is the substitute. So as a prophetic reenactment... we can see that God's plan is for the the greater redemption of all of his 
creation of mankind. And he does that through his one long forecast son, Jesus. So in this passage of Abraham and Isaac, we see God's plan of substitution. Isaac represents Jesus as a going up to their sacrifice. But God provides a lamb. So the lamb is substituted for Isaac. And the lamb, Jesus, substitutes for us, mankind, for our sins. Jesus goes to the cross and his death, his sacrifice, is the substitute for the death that we deserve through our sin and rebellion from God. Peter, when he's speaking to um, uh, the onlookers in Acts 3, uh, describes uh, Abraham's descendants. Um, I think I have that here. Sorry. Yeah. He's talking to the onlookers. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God that he made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. Through your offspring there is pointing to Jesus. He's not talking about all of the descendants of Abraham. He's speaking about your Abraham's descendant, Jesus. Through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant, Jesus, onto the cross, he sent him first to bless you all by turning each of you from your wicked ways. And it's through Jesus' death on the cross that he shows God's plan to substitute for us Jesus to bear our sins on the cross. And in the faith that we profess... The substitute for us, of course, is Jesus Christ. He willingly went to the cross and he willingly died for our sins. And in his resurrection, that one perfect sacrifice it makes us clean from sin and from guilty conscience and we can approach God in full confidence of God's love. Some of the mystery, some of the complexity, some of the needing the Old Testament knowledge that the the Hebrew nation had um, can be simply explained just by reading the book of Hebrews. I'm going to close in Hebrews 10. And um, this is where Paula spoke to us from only a month ago. I'm just going to read the passage before the passage that Paula read. When I find it, there it is. Uh, I'm reading from Hebrews 10. And 
we think about Abraham sacrificing his son and then God providing the substitute, hear this. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. Because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, quoting from Psalm 40, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then he said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Jesus is the willing substitute to do God's will. And then from verse 11, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them that after that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on my minds. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. So the story of Abraham and Isaac, God's plan pointing directly to Jesus Christ. Where the prophecies to Abraham about having descendants as numerous as the stars are fulfilled as Abraham goes up the mountain with his son. So God's promise to restore us into relationship with him are completed through the death and resurrection of his only son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as we enter into a time of communion now, we can remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, willingly carrying that wooden cross up the hill to die as a substitute for us. Let's pray. Father God, we think about your sacrifice. 
We don't know what it took for you to hang on that cross and die that death of a common criminal. Jesus Christ, we know that as you hung there, you said, Father God, why have you forsaken me as our sin separated you, Jesus, from your Father, Father God? But through your plan, Father God, you raised this man back to life. And through his death and resurrection, we are restored into relationship with you. We willingly, we happily, we celebrate this time as we remember your sacrifice. As we remember your broken body and your shed blood until you come again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Rachel, would you like to come forward?